2: gentlemen and welcome to getting it out podcast that was street soldier the song middle fingers and it is off of their new album which just came out july 28th it's original murder material out on soldier worldwide limited i believe that's their own record label and that's where they belong on their own street soldier do you remember street soldier perhaps you do perhaps you don't It seems like a really long time ago when these guys kind of became internet sensations in the hardcore world. They like went viral in hardcore for one of their music videos. You'll know the one when you look back and find it. But I don't want to take away from what they're doing and what they've accomplished. Because at some point, it's become one of those things that was so silly, so goofy, so ridiculous, so, uh, I'm sorry, bad, that it became good. A lot of things. We've seen a lot of things do this. It comes full circle and you start to find it endearing and entertaining. And that's how I have come around on Street Soldier at first. Silly, ridiculous. Now, awesome and this new record original murder material lives up to exactly what you expect from street soldier that was a prime example of the band of course i gotta give them credit because they are from york city but not the york city that i'm from they are from york city in the uk and uh you know you could kind of get that by the sound very uk hardcore with a lot of fucking new metal on that one, and there's no denying any of that. Uh, th- they've been around now f- since 2018, which I goddamn it feels like it's been way longer than that. And uh, I'm happy to uh, to see them now releasing this full length. They just came off a tour last year with Chromag, so they're doing things. Street Soldier is. They're gaining respect. They're gonna get theirs, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, UK hardcore, I think it's the perfect place for them. Speaking. Of UK Hardcore. On this episode, I've got an interview with another band that was kind of silly at one point and now is very serious. Serious as a heart attack. It's Grove Street. We're talking about their new record, The Path to Righteousness, coming out in September on UNFD Records out of Australia. We're going to talk all about that with Chris and Josh. But first, let's do our own little US crossover with Hot Zone. Check it Hopefully you can tell by the natural tone, the warmness, the warmth, that's the word I'm looking for, of my voice, that the correct equipment, the proper equipment is back in my possession. We're podcasting like professionals again here at Getting It Out. And when I say we, I only mean me. I do the whole thing it's all up to me it's all on my shoulders and that's the way I like it high pressure situation to podcast as much as possible wherever I can fit it in the goddamn schedule and I do a very good job if I do say so myself why I don't know Uh, it's been brought up recently and I've mentioned it on the podcast recently but I think at the end of an episode most people check out that uh, when I hit episode 200 I made this big uh, declaration that I will now do the podcast whenever the fuck I want it it'll probably be way less and instead... It's become a whole lot more. I'm averaging about eight episodes a month. That's uh, about two a week, right? It's pretty simple math. And uh, I want to do more. Why? I don't know. I just got this thing where I just want to keep doing it. It's like a it's like a schedule beating. It's just a thing that I want to keep doing for absolutely no reason. But it is it is fun. Other than fun, I shouldn't say no reason. It is fun. It's uh, provided me the opportunity to talk to a lot of people all around the world, and some people right here in my own backyard, bands I've looked up to and listened to my whole life, bands I've just discovered yesterday. Grove Street falls somewhere in between there, more so on the yesterday side than my whole life but not just yesterday they've been around for quite a while as grove street families and i think and i believe i told them this i think because of that name i didn't listen to them didn't take them seriously and uh, now they've switched things up they've become just a plain old grove street they've got a new record the path to righteousness coming out very soon it's excellent crossover hardcore thrash whatever you want to fucking call it it is so well done it is uh i would say uh top of the heap i'm gonna say top the heap. Who else is on that heap? Well, you know who else is on that heap. It's kind of a a heap without a king, a hill without a king these days. But I believe Grove Street has a reason to contend for the top, for the throne. We'll talk a little bit about that. We'll talk a little bit about a lot of things. All right. That's the way the podcast goes. Sometimes we get way off track. Most times we don't. Most times I stick to the script talking about the band and their new record and how they came about. And of course, that's what we're going to do. But first, I'm going to play you a track from the new record. That makes sense, right? How about one that they've already released a music video for? How about one that you may have already heard, but I don't care. I'm going to play it for you anyway. This one is the latest single is called Ulterior Motives. They have a nice must-see tour survival 101 music video to accompany it, but you can check that out on your own time. This Ulterior Motives from the Path to Righteousness from Grove Street, and then my conversation with a couple of the guys. I mentioned i was familiar with you guys but familiar with you guys as Grow street families which i'm sure you've had to talk about a bunch of times you did you just change the name or what tell me about the band how long has it been around why did the name change all that basic shit
1: yeah uh we've been around for like 10 years um originally we just started off as like a just a, a project at uni basically um all the original members sort of lived in a house together uh, we're all on the same course and um, it was never meant to be what it's become, to be honest with you. Um, right. It's just, it yeah, it was just a bit of fun. Um, and we kind of didn't take anything seriously at the start. Um, and before we kind of knew it, we were getting opportunities that our other bands um, that we did take more seriously and put a lot of time and effort into, we were getting opportunities that those bands didn't get, you know, we were able to go on tour all of a sudden and it just kind of snowballed from there really. Um, and it kind of got to a point where we were like, you know, we got the opportunity to take it further, but if we want to take it further, we got to take things a little bit more seriously. Um, and it felt like the time was right to kind of step away from the old uh, sort of almost like gimmicky vibe we had uh, beforehand. Um, and a way of doing that whilst keeping it, the were us was, you know, dropping the families off the name. That felt like a, um, you know, a pretty natural thing to do to go in that direction, I guess.
2: Yeah, that makes sense. And I got to tell you that I think maybe that was one of the reasons why I didn't, I wasn't totally familiar with the band under that name. And I don't know why, I don't know what that is, but sometimes when I look at certain shit and I see that uh, they're being a little goofy about it, Mm. I got a sense of humor, but (laughs) but for some reason, if I see like a, like it, it just doesn't, doesn't uh, doesn't hit me the same way, and uh, it seems like the music's always held up. Like you guys are always uh, playing good stuff, but anyway, I was I'm, I've I've listened to the new record a lot uh, as I've had it for a week or two, and the path to righteousness sounds great, and it's very cool to to hear you guys. Uh, I mean, I won't say go in this direction because you were already there, but uh, uh, but I like it. so. You mentioned being in other bands, and uh, my. My, uh, when I think of like UK hardcore, it all goes to like Knuckle Dust or Ruction Records stuff, or, you know, like that's, I used to hang out with a group of guys in Baltimore and Ruction people would come over and hang out and, you know, like, so, so, like, pretty familiar with with a lot of that scene, but that's what I think of when I think of UK hardcore, which I know is not the whole thing, right? And I wouldn't call what you guys are doing that, uh, that sound, right? So tell me about like coming up in, in the hardcore scene over there and where you fit in, how you found it all that.
3: I think a lot of our sort of like quick climb other than uh, the whole gimmick thing, I think, um, at least I remember in my mind, when we, when we started out playing a lot of shows, we'd be added to a lot of these, uh, these like beat down lineups. Um, that was kind of like, uh, quite a popular thing around the sort of 2013, 2014, maybe a bit longer, yeah. maybe a bit less but around that sort of time and i feel like we kind of resonate with people more because um we were a little bit faster and we had cool two-step parts and um it was more more fun as opposed to oh shit i might get punched in the face sort of thing um right that's what i remember felt like vividly about playing a lot of shows early on um but yeah man uk hardcore is like i don't know you kind of see like waves of it i don't know if you get the same thing over your way but you kind of see like. like I said, you had like the whole beatdown scene that kind of came and went. And then, um, you know, there's like different, I don't know, like, like there was like a melodic hardcore kind of vibe and that kind of went in dip before that. And now I don't know where we're at at the minute, but it feels like people are more leaning towards having more of a fun time as opposed to worrying about getting, getting their head kicked in sort of thing.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I think, yeah. I think in the UK, I think in the UK as well, like there's so many different almost, it's almost like there's different scenes within the, the UK hardcore scene, yeah. you I know, don't get me wrong, you know, you've got the Russian, the, that Russian kind of crew that, you know, essentially started it out in the UK. Um, mm. But then you've also got, you know, you've got the more sort of DIY scene. Yeah. You've got, like Josh was saying, there's still a beatdown scene going, which is like, it's almost like you've got one end of the spectrum here with DIY, and then you've got another spectrum here with the beatdown side. Yeah. Um, and then I'd say, you know, there's there's a whole bunch of stuff going on in the middle it's almost like just branched out into their own separate scenes. Now um, it's very rare that you'll see like a, a mixed bill show from like this end of the spectrum to that end of the spectrum. Um, but it's cool when there is, you know?
2: Mm. Yeah, that's funny. And I, I can, I can relate to that being where I, when I lived in Baltimore uh late, 2000s well it was like 10 years from like 2008 to 2018 pretty much around there whatever but there was something really similar and i know this is just one city compared to a country but there was a like what you would say like the diy style hardcore scene and then there was like sidebar and it was sidebar was like where you'd see stout and where we where we would bring over a band where uh, nine bar would come over and play you know like right there would be like the more straight up uh, like you said, straight up hardcore, like traditional hardcore, be playing at the art space, and rarely did they mix. Sometimes they did. The crowds sometimes mixed. Was that is that the same way it was over there? The crowds mixed, but the bands didn't, or was it everybody pretty much stayed separate?
1: It's like it's a bit of both, really. There's not there's a few bands that will sort of cross over and play sort of both sides of the spectrum. Um, I feel like this, like this say this side like the more almost like beat downy sort of stuff um or like almost going to the walls like the slam kind of spectrum of hardcore like i feel like those guys are a bit more into like the the mainstream sort of area of like the hard, of hardcore if you get what i mean um, <laughs> yeah. and then this kind of spectrum seems a little bit more underground um so yeah i mean like I say, on the mixed bill shows, there is there is that crossover, but I, I think a lot of the time they kind of stay separate, you know? I'd say we kind of fit somewhere over, slightly off center more this way, I guess.
2: Yes. I, that, I has, that been, the, has that been an advantage Sorry, Josh, go ahead.
3: go ahead. No, no, that's all good. I was just going to say, I think where the UK is obviously a lot smaller, I don't know how big Baltimore is as a city, um, but like where the UK is a lot smaller, it's very easy to kind of do mixed bills and go, okay, cool, we'll get like, We'll get a Scottish, Like, let's say everyone's meeting in the middle. We'll get a Scottish band from here. We'll get a Brighton band from here. And, we'll get, and everyone kind of like comes in. Like, it's easier for people to travel. I think where we're such small as an, like, an island.
2: I get that. I get that. Do, do you feel feel like it's uh, it's kind of helped Grove Street to be somewhere in the middle?
1: Yeah, I so I'd say. Yes, yeah, so, I mean it's hard to tell. I think there's a there's an element of especially over here of like the the scene is like a broader spectrum um or you know broader thing that especially in our early early days couldn't really get with us cuz you know we we had that kind of fun element to it i got the vibe it was like a lot of people were like ah oh, you're not taking this seriously so I, I can't get into you kind of thing you know they weren't <laughs> too open to a, a fun hardcore band or like a hardcore band that isn't Dead serious, you know. Um, whereas this, side was. So I, I think having having those people that were open to that definitely helped us out, you know. And yeah, respect to those guys that kind of yeah supported us, you know. Mm. I think now we could fit in a
3: few different places. Or I'd like I'd like to, I'd like to kind of fit in a few different places. I think we're just happy to play anything nowadays. It's like you know wherever we can squeeze on, we'll be there, sort of thing, you know.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I mean, that's ideal for, for any band, but uh, especially it seems like right now the hardcore scene, at least over here is as open to involving every sound as possible. So sometimes to the point where I don't even know that we're really talking about hardcore bands, it's more just like Mm -hmm. hardcore dudes playing in, you know, in bands. So we go, okay, well that's, that fits in and whatever. I don't got an issue with any of that. Uh, I just, Mm. I, and I don't even, I don't even know how, why, how or why I get caught up in like defining this shit. Cause it doesn't truly really doesn't matter. Uh, like you guys, I'm sure I just go to whatever sounds good. And I think everybody else does the same thing. Um, so when you guys are starting out the band, you mentioned you were coming over from, you were doing other stuff as well. But well, so when you started Grove Street, was there a, s- a specific sound where you said, these are the bands that we would like to consider like a direct influence. This is the sound that we want to do.
1: Not really when we started to be honest, um it was more i mean the first e p we kind of wrote in one night, um uh, just put it together, um like i said it was it was nothing serious um but a lot of people kind of drew parallels between us and like suicidal tendencies pretty early on um and it's weird now when like for writing the path to righteousness the new release um we had more of an idea we, you, know, if, you know you know we had an idea of what we wanted to sound like and bands that we wanted to draw influence from. Whereas in the early days, it was just like, oh, fuck, yeah, that riff's sick. Let's, let's do that. You know? Uh, um, yeah. There's definitely some terror riffs you've ripped off from the first one. <laughs> I know that for a fact. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. There was, to be fair. And we actually played in front of terror, like, well, twice, but, um, I remember last year, I remember playing Super Bowl and hardcore and we literally played that terror rip song. And, uh, I remember seeing Nick, the drummer, like right at the back. I was like, oh shit, Like <laughs> if he fucking realises this, then maybe we're in trouble. But yeah, it was all good in the end. But
2: uh, it's all good. No, that's a good thing. It's a, it's a tribute to Rip the, Rip the Riffs. Uh, it exactly, it was a style. homage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you mentioned that the the... The uh, I'm going to put this in quotes. The success of Grove Street was somewhat of a surprise to you. Has that changed your expectations of what you have going on for this new record, The Path to Righteousness?
1: I mean, to be on to be honest, the the expectations for this are exactly the same as for me anyway, as they've been for every release. Like we've never really expected anything to to come of anything, and kind of kept our expectations pretty open. Um, and in terms of like the longevity of the band previously for each release, we've kind of always sort of said to each other, you know, if, if this release doesn't do well, then, you know, we, whether we carry it on or not, I don't know, but, um, yeah, I'd say we're just pretty open to, to seeing where it goes. Really. Um, there's certain things that we would like to, to get off the back of it. Like for me, I'd love to come out to the U S and do a tour out there. Um uh, never never been out there before. So I feel like, you know, hitting it in a long stint would be like the best way to see it for me. Right. If Andy R, the guitarist, was here, he'd say download festival next year. If he doesn't play that, he's gonna be pissed. <laughs> he's gonna be fucking livid. <laughs> yeah, he grew up going to it with his old man and stuff. So he's um yeah, that's on his, his like what do you call it? The bucket list. Bucket list yeah. yeah it's
2: cool though. <laughs> it's cool, it's good to have those those uh those goals you know because at a certain point you're you're just playing for uh how to say it correctly Um uh, it's like you know in a, in a selfish way, you got to have some selfish shit you want out of it because if you yeah. don't then this is kind of aimless and you know boring
3: yeah for me like i think every t- it's really weird i'm a bit like being the band's kind of like taking drugs like you do i remember when we first played london we first played the capital i was like oh shit play in London, this is nuts. And now I've done it like a hundred times and I'm just like, cool, done that, whatever. And then the first time we went to Europe, I was like, oh shit, we're going to mainland Europe. This is like, this is crazy. And now I'm just like, cool, where are we going? Germany fight? Yeah, sweet. You know, you just kind of, you kind of get used to it. So you kind of need yeah. those, like, like you said, that, that bucket of shit and those like festivals you haven't done before um, to kind of like keep yourself, I don't know, keep yourself motivated, keep yourself like invested. Keep the
1: drive, yeah, man, for sure. Yeah.
2: Yeah, one hundred percent. There's always got to be. There's got to be a moving. What we say here, moving goalposts. You got to move the goalposts every time, or else because if you keep reaching it, it just gets stagnant. And yeah, uh, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, you need need something to strive for. Um, I see that this is the path to righteousness is being called the debut album. Is it the debut album from you guys, or is this is this the first full length? What's why That's, is it the yeah. debut album? Okay, yeah,
1: it's the first full length. We've only done EPs before because. Couldn't be bothered to do an album We're... basically, We're just fucking <laughs> lazy with it. <laughs> and to be honest with so, you, I, I fucking, you know, I'd rather do EPs than albums. That process was fucking long, man. It's only EPs after this, otherwise you'd be waiting. Yeah, on the it is. <laughs> Fuck that. We'll do two track splits and that's it. Why, why is
2: this one an LP? Uh,
1: just... we, you know, basically because we hadn't done it before. Um, and it felt like to to level up. Um, and as Josh said, you know, reach those, those, uh, next goalposts. Like we, we kind of needed to put out a full length, um, as much as I would have liked to have just kept putting out EPs cause it's fucking way. Easier. Yeah. But uh,
2: Yeah. It's easier to listen to too. I mean, the EPs, I always prefer a hardcore EP over a hardcore album and a hardcore album is so hard to get right. Uh, and mm. so hard to not get boring and monotonous. You guys did a great job. Like I said, I've listened to, listened to it a lot already, so you, you don't have anything to worry about there, but you know, when a band's on the, the, I think there's a reason they always say like the, the sophomore slump, especially when it comes to LPs is a, a hardcore band, second LP generally sucks. Uh, but I mean, there's, <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's been a few expect or ex, exceptions, but, uh, but, but, but there are few and far between. What what are you most excited about for the release of this record?
3: Playing these songs. I'm sick of playing these goddamn old songs. I can't wait. <laughs> to, the whole the set for the next year is just gonna be entirely this album,
1: I think. <laughs> Definitely.
3: There's no there's yeah, no we, album that we play the album in full, because every set is just gonna be the album in full. We're just gonna smash it out every night. <laughs> Maybe a couple oldies, but that's it.
1: Yeah, I think for me, I'm just looking forward to seeing what doors it will potentially open for us. Um, I think it's it's definitely our best material that we've ever written, um, both musically and lyrically. Um, so, yeah, I'm just excited to see the reception more than anything. I think I'm also looking into, uh, at the minute,
3: we're trying to find ways to kind of not only just play these new songs live, but also kind of level up the set as well. Like even little things. Like we just bought like a sample pad the other day and we've got like a load of like beats and instrumentals to play in between songs. I kind of want to see how we can turn the set into more of a show. Without, without yeah. kind of of t- it being like a fun, like I say, a fun hardcore show, but kind of make it feel like, oh shit, this is like these guys are a proper band now. They, they, you know, you can see the level up, you can see the uh, the progression, you know.
2: Yeah, I totally understand what you're talking about there. But th- and then there is that fine line between successfully doing that and and uh, kind of alienating the scene that you come from too. Yeah, but but right now, like especially in hardcore, it seems to be uh, everybody seems to be behind that. Elevation where before you used to get shit on, you got too big, then fuck you, you're out. You know, <laughs> you got to, you got to, and now, and I, and I, you know, credit turnstile for a lot of this lately is that people seem to be gen, generally stoked across the board. Not all, you know, there's a lot of older dudes that are, they got some weird hangups about it, but it's just been cool to see, uh, you know, certain hardcore bands elevate and hit a certain level. And I think the scene is more uh, willing to back that now too. So that's cool. It's cool to openly speak about that ambition too.
1: Definitely, man. I think like it only benefits the scene anyway. Like, it doesn't piss me off when people are like that. I see where they're coming from, but I just think it's narrow-minded, man. I think, you know, it it, it grows the scene, if anything, man. I feel like there's definitely been a, a boom in kids coming out to hardcore shows, you know, um, and people starting bands. And I think a lot of that is down to the fact that there's bands like Turnstile that are pretty accessible to people that aren't into hardcore. You Gateway bands, you know, um, shall we say, um, bringing those those people in, you know? Yeah.
3: And also, there'll be bands. So, like, you know, like, like, Pernstall's not going to do another Step to Rhythm, another Pressure Exceed. They've kind of they've done that and now they're doing something else and they're progressing and they're, you know, they're on this trajectory sort of thing. Like, there'll be another band that loves those first two records and they'll start a band from scratch that will sound like those first two records. So, you know, there'll be like a, I don't want to say like a, a a phoenix from the ashes sort of thing but like there'll be other bands that are going to go back and they'll they you know god man how many uh, we ripped off leeway cromags we're, we're still ripping off bands from years ago like
2: <laughs> but it works people love that uh, you know that's that's uh that's that's stuff I love too i mean especially like like you guys kind of wear your influences on your sleeves as far as that crossover sound those uh, those like classic hardcore records but what i find interesting is that Not so many bands have been able to successfully do that since then, right? There is Power Trip, of course, and there's uh, Mm. there's there's Dead Heat, who's doing a great job right now, or Living in Fear from Atlanta. There there are some bands, but it's it's, but it's but it's been a hard thing for a hard sound for some reason to 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 make work. Which doesn't doesn't seem like it makes sense, but. And it seems kind of ridiculous to say it because there, as you know, after, after of course just listing a few bands yourselves included. But is there a lot of other stuff like what you're playing in your area, or do you guys kind of stick out like a sore thumb?
1: No, just us. <laughs>
2: as far as I'm aware, there's no... <laughs> I'm I think in the
1: in the UK, there's a there's a few bands doing it. Um, you know, there's overpower, um and Asadara and then human nature that have got that kind of crossover with the you know, the thrash elements definitely there. Um I feel like we've got a bit more of a niche to us. Um just just speaking, you know, on our behalf, um in terms of in terms of our sound. Um yeah, I'd say I'd say there's not a lot of bands that really sound exactly like us, you know, which I think is a good thing. Like like you were saying earlier about like spectrums, I think
3: like you've got like you were saying like there's bands, so they're straight up like thrash hardcore band sort of thing. So you've got your Overpower, your in Inhuman Nature's here, And then there's like hardcore bands like No Relief or Good Friends of Ours. Uh, I'm trying to think of other examples sort of off the top of my head, but they kind of sit there and we kind of sit somewhere in the middle, I think, where you can kind of um, get the best of both sort mm.
1: of thing. I like I said before as well a couple of weeks ago, um, I think Sully's voice definitely helps us to stand out a little bit more in, in that kind of crowd. Um, instead of having like, you know, guttural kind of screams or anything like that, it's very you know, it's not even really shouted that much to be fair on some of it. Um, I think, I think that helps, it helps to stand us out in the crowd a little bit, you know?
2: Yeah, I'd agree. And sometimes all it takes is a, uh, unique vocalist. They don't gotta be that, that unique, you know, just like you said, just slightly, slightly different from the other people's. I think that's always, that's kind of been my theory. I've spoken about a few times on why, uh, the big four in thrash metal got as big, not aside from them being great. But if you listen to like, you know all the great thrash bands ever metallica slayer anthrax and megadeth all have uniquely different vocalists nobody else does those vocals the same in that era of thrash like and i know like you know songwriting obviously helps a lot but uh but like you you, you talk about bands like exodus or testament or whatever you know band XYZ from, from that eighties era thrash. They all kind of have the same vocal delivery, but those four really mix it up. And I think that's one of the reasons why they stick out so well. And I think a lot of like that example can be used a lot in other realms of heavy music. Definitely the records coming out on UNFD, right? Is that the, did I get that record label right? Got it right. <laughs> what is, uh, what is that label? Is that a UK based label? I'm familiar with it, right? I've seen it before, but for people listening. And uh, how did you get hooked up there?
1: Uh, they're they're an Australian-based label. Mm. Got a, they've got offices over in the States um, and in the UK as well. Um, they're not like a strictly... They're not like a hardcore label. Um, they're more just kind of like the broader, I guess, like alternative um, heavy music label. Um and that kind of came about. I I met Leander, the A dude, uh up at Download Festival last year. Um and when I was kind of pitching the record to labels, uh he's one of the guys that I hit up. And yeah, they kind of shared the vision for the band, they understood it, um, and saw exactly where we wanted it to go. And um yeah, they
2: were happy to do the deal and um yeah, we we're stoked to be with him. That's cool. The the fucking the the whole networking part of all this can't be, you know, understated, just talking to people, just getting to know people, just being out there. It seems like you guys are good at that. Just being out there and uh, speaking to people and making those connections. The record comes out, I think September, late September, right? September 29th. Yeah. So you're already hitting the, like the doing the PR ship pretty early for a record that's coming out in two months. Um, is that something, is that like just part of the, of the design part of the vision part of the ambition of this release just to get behind it and start pushing hard
1: yeah definitely man I, i think i mean to be honest with you this is something that's quite new to us doing you know interviews and yeah um that whole kind of pr side of it um but yeah i think i think the the aim is to get ahead of the game um create as much noise as possible you know in the lead up to it so that it just has maximum reach when it initially drops Tell me about the artwork for it. Yeah, it was done by uh, Andrei Butsakov, who, um, who has worked with well, my, my favorite band. is Municipal Waste. So it, it was a bit of a no-brainer for us to to go with him. Um, yeah, he absolutely killed it on there. Um, I feel like it, it kind of represents what the album's about, you know. Um, each kind of thing on that on that path to righteousness, um, you know, on the artwork. So you've got different uh, things, you know, being thrown at people on that path that almost represents what each song is kind of about or um, in terms of say like the whole album as a whole and the path to righteousness is like um, almost like the pursuit of happiness, you know, like a a journey throughout life to achieve whatever goals you want to achieve. And then there's always shit getting in your way. There's stuff thrown at you. There's, you know, stuff that takes you off that path. Um, Mm -hmm. That's kind of what each kind of song is. Um, so yeah, the, he absolutely smashed the that kind of the artwork in a metaphorical sense. I remember saying specifically.
3: I remember getting the first draft back, and I remember wanting more uh, loads of little details along the way. One of my favourite artists is Dan Seagrave. He's done like yeah. every oh, death metal. Yeah. oh, dude, and every like every sick death metal artwork. Like if you see that, you're like, oh, this record's gonna be awesome because the artwork's sick. Um, and I love like kind of like when you get it on like a vinyl and you get all all the little details, you got to really like examine it and you kind of see it all there. And I remember he normally Andre's sort of style, we still kind of have like a big, uh, whether it's like a monster or a figure or something in the distance. But I think this um, with this time we wanted more stuff up front and have like a little like temple thing off in the distance, kind of like just, just kind of be different sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I love the colors on this artwork, man, the, the colors, the blue, the red, like it just, it looks, yeah, it looks amazing.
2: Yeah, I say it all the time and it's kind of corny, but I always like the bright colors on an album because there's so many that are just dark and hard to see. And, you know, like yeah. we, we get we get that all the time in, in all genres of extreme music. So so I like when something's nice and bright like this. And you guys, you know, you should have just put the, the download stage at the end of the path there. <laughs> I <it> kept, <laughs> kept it real personal. Uh, Shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, the visual representation, the name of the record. Are this is would you consider this uh, something of a concept record or all the songs about the same type of thing or is this just that's just the overall theme
1: I'd say that's just the overall theme to be honest it's not like when we started out we didn't have like a, a theme to kind of write to um, right. if anything I, I think it, it kind of came about during the process you know we got maybe five or six tracks into it and then started drawing parallels of what each song you know was about and how they related to different tracks. And then you kind of found the overall
2: kind of theme after that. Um, yeah. Did you guys do this yourselves? I see you got all your shit behind you there. Yeah. Yeah. Is this all self-produced?
1: Yeah. Uh, the only thing that wasn't, we got, uh, Lou Johns who works not too far from us at a studio called the ranch. He did the engineering on the drums. Uh, but apart from that, yeah, it was entirely self-produced. Is that by you then, Sandy? Yeah, yes, mate. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of what I do. My my main job is um like audio producer, recorder of band, and gun for hire,
2: that kind of thing, you know. <laughs> does that mean, and maybe Josh, this is a question for you, does that mean Sandy gets final say? <laughs> no, absolutely
3: not. <laughs> when we when we we so we sent it to to Taylor Young uh, originally sure. to make yeah. Uh, unfortunately, there was like a lot of creative differences, and uh, unfortunately, things just didn't work out. Um, and we just said to Sam "Like, look, he Sandy was telling Taylor everything we wanted, and it was just getting to a point where, like, dude, you may as well just do it." And um, yeah, just smash the mix, man. And we just, yeah, we're, we're super stoked on it now. And we kind of got exactly
1: well. Yeah. It was a big confidence boost for me, for sure, man. I, I think if I if had that confidence originally, I think I, I think we'd have just. I'd have just mixed it from the start, but I kind of, I wanted like a fresh pair, uh, pair of ears on it. Um, but I guess it's that old analogy, you know, you're not, you know, you're going to know your sound the best, uh, and you, you know, you know what you want. So, um, yeah, I end, ended up doing it and, uh, you know, the, all the feedback that i got from the boys and the label is just been like a massive confidence boost for me. um, so yeah, I'm I'm really excited for people to hear it as well. Um it's definitely like some of the best work that I've done as a producer. Um
2: yeah. Well, it sounds great. I can I can back up that too. Thank uh, you, man. I've, like I said, I've listened to it a lot. Um I'm pretty impressed when I read the part that you did it by yourself. But I always like to ask people who are self-producing, mixing, whatever is how do you stop tinkering with it? How do you stop fucking with it? Do you have to have somebody else come in and say, let's leave it alone or would you have just still be doing this if somebody didn't stop? That's you? something
1: I still struggle with, man, to be honest with you on, on every, every project that I'm working on, uh, I'm mixing a, an album for a band over here called Tempers Frey at the moment. And I've I've had that same issue. Uh, a lot of it, you know, I I, I kind of use the analogy of like you're say making a cake, Right. Um, Mm -hmm. and it's like, you can overcook it or overdo the, you know, over sweeten it. Um, or actually let's go with curry. You can make it like way more, way too spicy, um, very easily. And it's almost like you need to kind of, I've I've learned over the last couple of years, it's better to take my time with it rather than just rush it out. And, you know, that way I I can come back with fresh ears. You know, I, I take my time with it. I take a couple of days off, not listen to anything, come back with fresh ears and that's do little tweaks over time rather than loads of tweaks at once. Um, but it is very easy to keep tweaking. I mean, I'll listen back to the record now and there's still little things where I'm like, oh fuck no, I wish I'd have done that. But I think that's that's all bit, you know, part of the process of being um or working in something creatively, uh you know, creative and something as subjective as mixing. Um You know, I'm always going to want to better, better stuff. And as I, as I go on and and grow as a producer, I think I'm always going to learn new things that I wish I'd have applied to earlier projects It's just part and parcel of it. Um, it definitely, it definitely pays to know when to kick back and be like, okay, this is done. You know, I think it definitely helped having the lads, uh, just down the road, basically they could come in and, you know, I remember there was a, a time when a couple of the dudes came in and, and we listened to it and it was like, right, everyone's happy. That's it done, you know, rather than, in, in my mind at that point, there was still tweaks to be done. But yeah, I think, I think it, it, especially myself, I, I think I burn out pretty easily um, if I'm listening over and over again. I remember not having that luxury in the
3: studio. Do you remember when we, so we did drums uh, in an actual studio and it was just me and Sandy, we dry hard this room. And I think we had to, we didn't have much of a budget. Uh obviously because we've done it all ourselves. So we just smashed drums out in like what three, three and a half days, was it? Like 10 to Uh, 10? Something like that, maybe four, yeah. I thought it was like three and a half. And then we did like the half day. We were playing a local show with Knock Loose in Terror in the evening. So I'd been playing drums all morning. Then we'd go play a show in the evening. We just cooked.
2: That's that's I mean, that's such a huge luxury to have uh to have somebody with your skill, Sandy, to do all this stuff in the band and <laughs> a bigger, even bigger, I should say, um, luxury to have bandmates that trust you to do it, that, <laughs> that aren't second guessing your shit and, you know, wondering why you, you are high in the mix or whatever, you know, <laughs> like, why, why is this guy? So it's, it's cool when that stuff works out. And, uh, again, Definitely. It's, you, you did a great job with it. So it's. <laughs> What was that?
3: Josh? Again, Josh? I said he knows more than I do, so anything's better than what I could churn out. <laughs>
1: not sure if that's a compliment or not, mate. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Tell me what you guys got going on the rest of this year.
1: We're we're looking at uh well, there's like a, a headline tour in the works at the moment, uh being booked up. Um and yeah, I mean I'm hoping that we get some, some support slot tours. Um that's what we're looking into as well. Um, busy festival season next year. Um, It's been talked about at the moment, Our Agent. I mean, in in the near future, we're doing a few shows where you stick to your guns and despise as well, which I'm fucking hyped for. Uh, We just announced Boomtown Festival today as well, which is UK fest. Um, And yeah, I mean, like I say, I'm hoping in the next sort of year, we can come out to the States Uh, I'd like to go out to Australia and Asia as well. Just see as much of the world as I can, basically, man.
2: September 29th through UNFD. As I previously mentioned, they just released a video for the song I played you earlier in the episode, Ulterior Motives. But there is, in fact, a video for this track as well. Again, the title track of the album, The Path to Righteousness, out September 29th via UNFD on vinyl, CD, maybe cassette, I don't know. Definitely digital. You'll find it. You'll check it out. If you really want to, it will be in your hands when the date comes. Thanks to Josh and Sandy for their time talking to me on whatever day we did that. I don't know. These things happen in the past. They aren't live. I hate to break it to you if you didn't know that. A pleasant Group of gentlemen, I hope they do make it over to the U.S., play some shows, preferably in my area. I was looking back at an old post I made where I said I wanted to start a hardcore festival called This Is Convenient, which happened at the venue closest to my house, was over by 7 p.m. The beer was free and all my friends played in all the bands and I didn't have to say goodbye to anybody. I would like to bring that uh, deal up again. Let's do that fest. This is convenient. I'll be looking forward to that. Anyway, I guess that'll be it for this episode of the podcast. I could tell you to do all sorts of things, but you're not going to listen, are you? I can ask you to open up whatever podcast listening app you choose to use and rate the show five stars, even write a review. Do you want to do that? You don't have to. I just appreciate it. But the five star thing, for some reason, helps people reach out and they say, hey, man, I saw your stars looking good. And that feels good for me. But before we get out of here. You know, I got to end the episode with a track and what better way to do it than going back to the UK for the third band on this episode. This one is based out of Bristol. They're a thrash metal band. They are called Chupacabra, and they've just released their debut EP Fortified with Ashes. This song is called Burn the Clowns. Thank you for listening. Bye bye.